LinkedIn presents. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends, invite them to subscribe, and connect with us on social media. Today's episode is a little different and it's special. I was a guest on the Disrupt Education podcast. We talked about education and school, and I know you'll get a lot of value out of this episode. Welcome to the podcast. We have... uh... Allie here with us. We have a special guest. I'm going to call you a special guest tonight because like you've been here before, um, but uh, welcome y'all. Um, Allie, first off, where, where have you been, man? What's What's been going on? Let's see. I was in North Dakota learning how to be a skydiving coach, which is coming along well. Then I went trick skiing this past week. Do you ever, have you ever seen like the little baby, they're like mm-hmm. half the size of skis? Yeah. That's what I like to ride on. And I was helping some people get their skiing skills up to date. It was a whole adventure. It was great. Last time she posted something, Janaya, there were skydivers with fire and fireworks and stuff. She's getting crazier every... I mean, not day. only does she skydive, she coaches people on how to skydive. And right. I, I will be. Will be. Not, okay. this, it's not officially... I had to go like... It's a whole training process, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. not an area that I anticipated my life evolving into as a former educator. But, you know, there still is training in like the passions that you pursue, which I think is a good lead into the work you do. And so why don't you just like tell us a little bit about yourself or those who haven't heard your previous episode and kind of, you know, where you've maybe shifted since you've last been on the podcast. My name is Genetic Ball. I'm the founder of NoDegree.com and host of the No Degree podcast where I interview people without college degrees and have them share their stories. I mean, it's been a long road. I think it's been over eight years of working on No Degree. I actually started a job this week, so that's cool. And it's one of those things that I could go around and get funding, but honestly, I prefer to self-fund it just so that I can stay true to the mission. It's been really interesting because every year that passes, I get more and more traction, right? Like, Mm-hmm. More and more companies are focusing on skills. There's more and more evidence to show that skills are the way to go. And college degrees are showing becoming less and less relevant. I was thinking about this in 2014. And, you know, like people, would some people thought I was crazy or they'd be like, yeah, you know, OK, that's a good idea. But, you know, not really much to it. Now you get people like, wow, this is like you're really ahead. You're doing a lot. And I've gotten so much insight. So now I've done over 450 resumes for wow. people of all backgrounds. And I'm each resume I do, I learn a lot more about that person's career, that person's passion. So it's been interesting. I started a Twitter account. So, you know, I grew that to <laughs> like 9K plus followers. And now I'm expanding to other platforms like LinkedIn. I'm almost at 40,000. But Twitter is like another medium and then TikTok. So it's one of those things that to get the message out there, you have to try different platforms. Yeah. And said so that I do have the LinkedIn in a good state that allows me to do that. It's kind of where we want to dive into. And I think it's very interesting to see your path. I mean, we crossed paths, I don't know, three, three years ago or so. Right in the middle of the pandemic, we were all hopeful that a lot was going to change. I think some changed, but now we have 
this AI thing. And I can then we just uh, came off a, a little bit of a mini series there uh, around AI and, and how it actually is calling out curriculum, calling out the way we teach, and especially at the secondary level and post-secondary level. Um, before we jump into kind of asking you a few questions, one thing that I did notice today in our school, we did have some colleges uh, come in. And it was interesting because, you know, you see them starting to change slowly, but no one mentioned the three letters I'm always looking for is ROI. No one said return on investment yet. I don't know if it's coming, hmm. but we have this AI piece. And then we also have these skills and the things that you're talking about, putting things out there, trying different things. I don't think AI will ever jump out of an airplane. So Ali, you're safe. Where do we go? Like from our last conversation, we were talking about, you know, some of the skill sets that'll get you there. But now we have something with AI. Like how how is this affecting things? And I just wanted to start there with a big, gigantic open question and then we'll dig in. It's accelerating a lot of things because and it's making things a lot more accessible. Right? If you look at how like kids use iPads and all that stuff, they really use it, they get creative and they'll like dive into YouTube and people will learn a lot of things now with ai you get to like ask it to like edit your things like today when i was making a linkedin post i was like hey can you make this linkedin post better and it took it and it gave me a better hook so i didn't change too much but it was like oh you know what that hook is a lot more engaging so i think it if you know how to use it you end up getting ideas so i think like the proper way to use ai is to use it as a tool as an assistance tool at as opposed to a crutch, and it can save you on a lot of like manual activities. And as you know, labor market always shifts throughout history, right? You have technology that has really shifted things. Now, I more than ever, people really have to focus on gaining skills because, look, Google has been around, what, 20 plus years or whatever. People still have trouble using a search engine. So <laughs> there's still some people who don't know how to Google, right? It's still a very useful skill, right? If you know how to Google, how to find things. So knowing how to use AI, yes, you can use it, but a search engine or an AI is only as powerful and is amplified by the person who is actually using it. So you're going to see the skills change, right? A lot of manual things change. I think people have to become more specialized in what they do. So if you're data entry or, you know, all that, you're going to have a tougher time with things because now you can say, hey, here's a list. Can you format it in a way and so that I can copy it, paste it into Excel, hmm. right? Hey, can you take this image and can you can you read off the things and put it in a Word document or something like that? And the people who do that, they're going to be more productive, right? Because you're going to go in and there's some people who are going to do it manually. And then there are other people who are going to be like, well, I can do like five to 10 times more documents because I know how to ask the AI the right questions. I like your outlook on AI because it's kind of what we uh, talked about with our last two guests. And I will say for as somebody who hadn't really dived into AI uh, in the work now, Dan will be proud of me because I have been, <laughs> I have finally been, been using it more, but just like testing the waters of what it can do. But to your point, right, you're saying like, okay, you can use Google, you can use AI, but if you can't analyze that information, it's not helpful. I remember when I would have very Googleable answers um, as part of like the chemistry course that I taught. And it was intentional. It was like, you know, 
what's the significance of zero Kelvin? And I knew exactly what Google was going to tell my students because they don't want to think about it. But the answer didn't make sense based on what we were learning. And so they weren't analyzing the information. And so this idea of like, yeah, you can you can use AI, but if you can't understand what it's telling you to then improve it, it's not like a copy and paste method, right? So in your work with nodegree.com and the people that you work with, what you provide is beyond like what a computer algorithm can do overall, but how is AI like possibly changing and shifting the work that you do besides like, you know, a LinkedIn post and whatnot? Hey, are you frustrated with your job search? Are you sending out resume after resume with no callbacks? If so, I have some good news. After three years of helping over 400 people land jobs at places like Meta, HubSpot, Google, Twitter, Amazon, Tesla, Disney, Sony, just to name a few, I created a course. In the Get Your Dream Career course, you'll discover best practices for creating a resume that stands out and you'll also learn how to optimize your job search. It covers every aspect of the job including resumes, application strategy, networking, LinkedIn profile optimization, interview guidance, and salary negotiation. You will also get a behind-the-scenes view of how recruiters use LinkedIn to find candidates. And of course, you'll get resume and cover letter templates. Get one step closer to your dream job. Sign up at the link in the notes below. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just giving me ideas and now I can actually generate more content. So one of the things that I'm going to do is I'm on a lot of podcasts. I'm on a lot of live streams. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the transcript, use the we're going to build something, nothing crazy. We're going to use the open AI API. Uh, so I'll get the transcript. Uh, I think Descript does the transcript. Then you yep. have to use open API, the open AI API, and then you have to break it up into chunks because it has limited number of characters. And then you have to take, hey, summarize this. Uh, and then now I have a summary. So now I can have these podcasts that are only audio form. Now I can generate more content. So it's more about being creative. So just realize that the work is still there. It's just now before when I have to pay someone more hours, now that person can crank out more articles. Now it's more editing as opposed to like summarizing and thinking because the summary is sort of there. So that's one aspect where I'm going to use AI. The other thing is some of my clients have used it to in their resumes because resume writing is a very specific form of writing. So they'll be like, hey, how do I say this in a statement format? And so that's been helping them. In my work, I'm just really looking at more careers. So what careers are impacted and going to be hurt and what careers are going to be changed and just starting those discussions. I think there was a law firm that actually sued. There was an AI lawyer. It's called Do Not Pay. Oh, yes. The guy got sued. But I do think like it's going to make certain things more accessible. It's going to really change industries because now you have these lawyers who are making 800, whatever, crazy amounts of money, millions of millions of dollars. And, you know, a lot of people don't have access to them. So now it's some of the work is going to be changing because now you have a whole database of that could study case law and all that stuff. Now, Again, now, instead of having a lawyer, you need 10 hours of a lawyer. Maybe you need two. Mm -hmm. Hey, I've already built a case. Can you just edit this? And they're going to have to be more competitive. I also think for people who don't have access to some things like legal services, hey, you have a public defender. 
that can't look at your case and you do all your stuff and you have to kind of defend yourself and you just give it to the public defender or you just go represent yourself and probably have a better shot. So it's like all these interesting use cases where it's going to impact. And now it's like you're going to get people who like specialize in this. And I think, again, people who are creative, who put themselves out there, who experiment, they're going to be the ones that win. And there are going to be new fields created. I'm looking at um, curriculum and any, like, I would say secondary, because again, that's that's where we are, or even post-secondary. I want to grab your thoughts on this, but let me preface this question. I feel like when social media came through, we dropped the ball. We didn't really guide people through it. Not that we should guide people through it, but we should have like some sort of playground where it can be monitored and help people understand it. I feel like even like Google, right? Like mastering Google searches, people have to do that on their own. We didn't do that in formalized education. Not that that's the answer for everything and it will all work. Yeah. Where do we stand with AI? Because I'm, I'm going to say with, with me, what I would love to see is a way that we teach people to become curious again with AI and call it like an AI class or an AI curriculum or something like that and just let them go. Um, this was kind of prefaced by something like Dan put out there on a previous episode, Ali, like you start a class out, a kid comes up, you type out your day is on AI, go, what, what do we do? How do we break it? What are your thoughts on something like that? Not that it's going to fix everything and teach everybody because we know that just doesn't work that way, but bringing it into maybe some of our educational places where more people, even more people have access and giving them the time in a day to play. I think that's really important. I think it's going to take time for school districts because school districts and colleges just move so slow. So here's the thing. A lot of what schools are shaped by are college admissions. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just reality. I've known a lot of parents. I mean, a lot of teachers who could not even talk about alternative careers because if a parent found out that, oh, you told my kid to go to a trade school or not go to college or this and that, I'm going to complain that teacher's going to get in trouble. So a lot of teachers don't even discuss those things. So now the other thing is colleges, they're they're very slow to respond, right? They're always threatened by these things. Like remote learning has really changed things. Boot camps has really changed things and all that. So I think some schools will adapt, but I do think that a lot of kids are just going to learn on YouTube, right? They're going to learn through social media. They're going to follow these guys, people who are doing creative things. And, you know, it's interesting. I think there'll be like a divide because even among teachers, there are some teachers who don't, still don't know about chat GPT. I remember like teachers, like they were learning it weeks later. And I think some of them were forced to because kids were kind of using their answers and all that. And it was like, what is this kid who's never been able to... Could a, how do you write this phenomenal essay? So I think they're going to really focus on changing the curriculum. I don't necessarily think it's going to be embraced so quickly. And then colleges, like it's really changing things because it's passing like it's getting like a B and like a master's level class. And then it really has questions like, what is the value of this class? Like, mm-hmm. how do you go about teaching it in a way that thinks? Because look, I know a lot of accounting programs, like the kids would just use test banks. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's like it was like, what are you teaching these kids who do really don't know the field? They'll use these test banks, not learn anything, and then they can't get a real job. Or when they go to a job, they struggle because they've never really learned anything. So I think you really have to have the evaluation. I hope to see it as more electives, but unfortunately, I just think it'll take way too long. And a lot of times, the parents of kids, unless they're very tech savvy, I find that they just, hey, I learned this way and that's how I learned. And 
it's just the generational divide, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So then what opportunity is there for parents who and and school districts and colleges to take advantage? And this isn't for colleges and schools if they want to stay like in the traditional model. But like what opportunity is there then to push into a no degree pathway? Right. So your work and others. Right. Like what opportunity is there? I just don't think change is going to happen unless more parents and students push back on the traditional model. Mm -hmm. So then like what opportunity do you see for their, with the type of work that you do, right? To kind of be like, look, this is what we should really be focusing on. I don't think parents are going to push back because there's still some parents who are still, you know, what is the first thing? Oh, I'm going to have kids. Oh, I'm going to say for their college education. That's like the first thing all parents say. Like I, I'll, they'll talk about how college is crazy expensive. Hey, I'm saving up for my kids' college education. So I think parents, there are a certain portion of parents who will kind of give more freedom. But a lot of times it's like, hey, this is what I did. This is what you're going to do. Kids have been pushing back on education for as long as we can remember. Like that's just how it's always been. So you'll get change from the kids. And I think what will happen is you'll see some kids just really advanced like hey you're you're giving me all these tools and i'm gonna go succeed so you're gonna see entrepreneurship more accessible to kids you're gonna see them going into different areas i think that makes with content creation as a more viable career way and i'm not saying full-time content creator but using content creator creation as a way to they're gonna lean on just other creative outlets hey i could do this or I can build a website more easily because there is like, hey, can you edit this thing? So I think you'll see some very interesting projects from kids. You're going to see them do amazing things. Like I was doing a resume for someone. I mean, he's older, but he built like a life coach bot. And what it would do is it would take a picture, analyze your face. It would give like, hey, are you happy, sad? Are you neutral? This and that. And then it would integrate with ChatGPT and then it would like talk to you. It was so interesting. I have a student as well who's using the, you know, the open AI platform, you know, working around it. I had no idea. And he's in my entrepreneurship class. So all this is like coming together right in front of me. It yeah. is, you are exactly right, Jenna. Because when I'm talking to students, I'm encouraging them. I'm like, this is your assistant. And like, you know, Dan Bevan said, right? Like, yeah. this is your Jarvis to Tony Stark, right? Like, let's go. And I'm I'm encouraging students to do that. There's two types of pushback that I see. Number one, on the system itself, right? There's there's students who feel still trapped inside the system. And what I try to do is to try to open their minds, even if they're in this box, like how crazy can we get in here, right? Without, you know, breaking the law, you know? Let's have some fun. You know, on the next level, a lot of students, I think the bigger pushback is the cash. Like we had students today, I've never heard them do this at, with, Four, uh, yeah, there were four um, four-year universities, prominent university representatives in front of them and said, can I transfer my credits from community college oh, to your, that. like, that was asked more than once. So I see those things pushing back. So with all that being said, and that divide actually scares me. Like when you said there are going to be people going deeper, is this, you know, I think there's a fear of, is there going to be a deeper divide? And what does that look like? And then kind of back that up with what are the skills that we need everybody to to take on here? Yeah, I do think there's going to be a divide because this just makes it so much more accessible. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So the people who embrace it will go really far. And then some people who don't embrace it and what will happen is someone will be like, hey, can you write a college essay for me? And the person's kid's going to go chat GPT, boom, pump up. Hey, that's 50 bucks. And, you know, the kid made it in like 10 minutes type thing. Yeah. Um. So I think like you have to be aware. And I'm not saying there's not value in that kid making that because you have to prompt it in a certain way. You have to know what you're doing and that does require some things but i also think people should know hey how these things are working because a lot of people don't share the tools that they use right mm-hmm. you'll think that they're doing xyz and a lot of times people hide it uh i think people should really just start playing around with it playing around with ai's just mm-hmm. kind of seeing the different things because once you go down the rabbit hole you really start learning and then you you kind of learn where are the good places to learn because there's some people who are teaching and they're content creators and they're really not giving you the full picture. Whereas once you start learning a little more, you know, oh, this person, Peter knows what he's talking about. Peter like is sharing these things and Peter is very credible. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is there's going to be competition of AI. Now, once ChatGPT launched out, like there's like, you know, it's a Microsoft now, Google's whatever doing their thing. There's like Notion AI, Slack AI, there's like Salesforce, like everybody's just throwing <laughs> AI. And now the other thing is, let me tell you, it's, it's a buzzword too. Yeah. Because AI has been used a lot of times and sometimes it wasn't AI. It was just like a filtering thing. Mm-hmm. AI is like a self-learning thing that's like a back and forth. It's an iterative process. And then there'll be different AIs. Like some AIs, you're going to see ChatGPT is pr- pretty politically neutral. Mm-hmm. But if you have, you could have a politically charged AI that you know could give you. Remember, a lot of times you ask it for sources and it's the sources are all fake. ChatGPT has done a good job. And a lot of people have to realize that it's a language model. It's not necessarily the all, everything facts. Like there are some times that it'll get some math problems wrong. So you still have to have the base knowledge to understand, is this information being fed right? Can I verify it in some ways, depending on what you're doing? So it's like, it should not be where the source, right? It's not the the ultimate truth, like the, the encyclopedia or something mm-hmm. like that. Because of AI, what's the biggest skill set outside of like using AI, though, that you think is going to be super prominent and like required for companies are going to be looking for students and parents should be trying to promote or get their kids in front of that they maybe aren't thinking about right now? Two things. I think the ability to learn new things schools have always been trying to do it and it's tough when it's like hey we're held to the standard of this test taking ability and all that and it sucks because i know a lot of teachers want to do more but then there's administration there's parents there's oh how many kids did we get into college how many kids did we get into xyz so i think it'll be back to that like that learning that curiosity i'll see more of the trend in that direction i do think the most important thing of anything i don't think that companies are going to look for it but a company will be attracted to someone who has those skills so what i mean by that is i think self-awareness will be an even bigger skill because you have to know like what are your strengths what are your weaknesses what are you good at what are you not good at and then hone in on those strengths and i think regardless of ai it's just like a life skill that you have because you look at these things i think 40 percent of college kids regret their major I think only 40% end up working in the major of their choice. Now you have much more tools that you have to be able to discover yourself because especially when you have these lifelong commitments, I do also think another skill is the ability to pivot. You have to be able to pivot, right? Some some industries just change overnight. Like, hey, 
you used to be like a content writer. Now you're not going to get paid X amount. You may decrease or you have to produce more or you have to figure out how to adapt. You have to figure out how to use it in different niche cases. You have to be smarter with it. Like I was talking to someone who has like an AI company and he was saying that his company became viable because there was so much progress in AI that normally it would cost like 50000 to train in AI and now to do a specific task. Now it costs a few thousand. And then the other thing is ChatGPT, again, is a starting point. There are some things that it, there are specific use cases that it's not as good for. Like when people program, they still have to be a competent programmer to know like, hey, here's how I can optimize the code. But it'll save me hours of like manual thinking to get to this point. Mm -hmm. I think people will be able to work on more advanced and specialized things. And I think you'll see specialized AIs like, hey, this is a AI specifically for medical diagnosis. This is an AI that's a personally injury AI, right? That's going to be. Or, hey, this is a AI for criminal defense. This is an AI for patent attorneys and all that stuff. So I, I think you'll see the rise of that. Uzair, who we talked to before this, his previous company actually is now back in action because of the amount of data that AI can actually pull. So that just happened, Ali. So I know we, we haven't chatted about that. But that's interesting to see those things when you have massive amounts of data where AI can really just knock it out of the park, like you said, go from $50,000 to $1,000. So I didn't want to ask this question, but I think I, I, I think I will because it does go back to the classic disrupt education piece. But, you know, with AI, right, I go back to like the horse and carriage and the Tesla, right? I always go between those two. In some instances, I feel like in education, we're still teaching students how to tame and feed a horse, you know, when we don't really use the horses anymore for that use or it's not as prevalent. And this may hurt a little bit, Ali, so I'm sorry. But we have core four subjects still, right? Mm -hmm. Math, science, English, history. And I'm talking just in high school. So if you're in middle school or elementary school, don't be mad at me right now. Why do we still have those? Is AI going to eliminate that? Should we eliminate those at this level? What are your thoughts on that, Janine? No, I don't think so. Here's the thing. A lot of times the big issue is students can't relate to what they're taught. They're like, why am I reading this book? Why am I doing this? So I think now that may, hopefully it takes off administrative burden off teachers could be, because that's the thing, right? It's teaching is one thing, but now there's like all this administration. But I do think it's like, hey, here's how you can incorporate, here's why math is important in your everyday life. And you got to relate to them where they are. Because what's the common thing? Hey, I wish I learned taxes, budgeting, and all that stuff in high school. You do learn taxes. You do learn how to do percentages. It's just, I always think about every person who posts that. I was like, why don't you volunteer your time and try to teach a high school kid taxes? And I guarantee you, none of them will pay attention. It's just, you have to like tell them about things that they're closer to, that they can get excited about. Mm -hmm. And I think that, so not that you have to remove the subject, it's just you have to bring that, the excitement and how they can be used because you put things like, there are kids who learn how to program because they want to do good in Minecraft, mm -hmm. right? And that's their start. And then later it's there. So you focus on reading. Hey, why do you need to know how to read and convey your ideas? Right. So now you can prompt something to develop copy for a website mm -hmm. for like something that you pursue. Hey, you want to get donations for your high school wrestling team. Hey, you need some math. You need to organize the money. You need to be able to read. You need to be able to convey. And I think history is just going into 
looking at history and then look at current events and then be like, hey, this is what happened. These are conflicts. And I think it's just making it more engaging because mm-hmm. so many people are actually like, think about it. People watch like these Netflix documentaries. You know, people say like the attention span is so is down. And it's like, no, what happens is things are more competitive. And yes, there's some attention decrease sure. just because they have access to that. But kids are listening. They're watching YouTube videos that are like hour, two hours long, right? Mm-hmm. They're listening to podcasts. They're doing all these things. And apparently book sales have actually gone up among Gen Z. So it's like more about curiosity and the learning is there it's just more it has to be done a certain way and teaching and learning has to be a little more advanced so it's like hey you're not teaching for a test you're teaching for like an outcome you're teaching for a life skill and especially like kids when they're young i remember you'd learn math because hey how do you play with pokemon cards oh okay you subtract and all that but now they're gonna do it right it's, it's right. like stupid but they're gonna do it and they're gonna grow and then who knows I like that because uh, I feel like AI is going to individualize the education and then you just have like a team around a subject or a couple of subjects. I mean, we have a math and construction class that is just flying off the hook because it is. It's awesome. It's applicable. I know, you know, we're looking at doing that. So very interesting. I like that. You changed my mind. I was going to throw it all out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I look, I like people think like um, they look at me, no degree guy. They think hey, this guy doesn't value education. This guy, like, he's the... And then they talk to me, and it's like, no, I've really thought about all the Mm -hmm. things. And it's like, the world's going to change. Things are going to change. You want to empower people in many different ways. And learning, the fact is, you have to be a lifelong learner. Look, you could get your degree, but fact is, twenty degrees of 20 years ago are irrelevant, Mm -hmm. right? You have to keep learning afterwards. You have to keep growing and all that stuff. I like that you didn't throw out the the core (laughs) as a core teacher, but... The thing is, is like, if you had, I'm actually not opposed to the idea of the traditional classes looking differently because as a chemistry teacher, physics teacher, I always told my students, whether or not you remember an atom, whether or not you remember forces and, um, you know, kinematics and, and this vocabulary, that's irrelevant to me. But this is a problem solving class. Like you're going to be a better problem solver. And I think the framing of it, even if we don't label it chemistry or label it, you know, just U.S. history or algebra, you're going to learn these skills that, right, the the contextualization and maybe teaching shifts to like, uh, you know, you have an expert to kind of verify and, and help you build your curiosities and paired with this AI, I just, I really could see that vision yeah. being so much more driving students to self-direct their learning which I personally think is a really good model for the high school. You know, because I still remember like a you know, carbohydrate, you know, what is it? C6H12O, oh, you know, one to one ratio and all <laughs> that stuff. And tested it's like, right now. <laughs> no, I, I know my stuff. I know my stuff. I was good in chemistry. And, you know, the, the reference table has all the answers anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you want to think about those things. And now it's like you make chemistry more reliable. Hey, for those kids who work out, it's like, hey, you have ATP and then you have the lactic acid and this is how it breaks down. And then here's why, like when you're running, you're burning how much calories and then, you know, tying it more into that. It's just more exciting and it's more relevant. Like, hey, how do I get strong? Hey, when you're getting stronger, your muscles are breaking down, you're expanding or, you know, why is it that two people can weigh the same, but, you know, one person weighs a lot more or I mean, one person can lift a lot more despite having similar body types. Like why are twin studies important? I think like that gets people excited and it gets people thinking because the real thing is you have to be able to form arguments, right? That's why like 
writing is so important. How do you form an argument? How do you take things, bring it together in a way that other people understand? Because it's we have like an answer in our head. But now how do you communicate that? And I want to see more of that, like more of that communication, because one of the things like I, I mentor a lot of kids and I find that a lot of kids have trouble talking to adults. Right. Because oftentimes it's either the only adults they are interacting with are like teachers, their parents and their parents, peers. And there's like a separation. And a lot of parenting is like you're kind of above the kid. But now it's like you talk with the kids, you talk you know, to them about their days, you'd be surprised at just like how curious they can be and what their interests are. And I've learned so much about that. And I've seen like kids who are just really proactive and you're like, wow, you're so impressive. And like, I want to empower you and help you keep help you go down that road. I like those skills. Uh, that kind of goes back to the skills, I should say, of what you were talking about, right? Lifelong learner, curiosity, Trying not to kill that in our system. I think that's what uh, we're, we're trying to uh, change back. Before we uh, uh, sign off here, Allie, you know, I always got to ask like your final thoughts. And I'm going to say probably thanks for not throwing out those four again, but go ahead. <laughs> I really lo- loved the the picture you painted with AI being used as a way to to give that context. And I also, I think our listeners are going to be, I'll be really interested in what they have to think about these specific use cases for AI. Cause I don't know that I've, I've heard that yet. Um, and so I, I think you're, this episode is going to spur some thoughts. I hope our listeners will reach out to you and, and share what they, what they got from this episode as well. Yeah. I'd love to hear, uh, People have to say comments. And it's one of those things like, hey, we'll see what happens. I don't know mm-hmm. what's truly going to happen. We never know. And then then you're going to have the battle of the AIs and all that stuff. Like, what's the AI? What's the better AI and all that? <laughs> so we'll see. But it'll cause a lot of progress. It'll change a lot of things. And it'll, it'll change the way we approach things. But I do think overall, it's going to make learning more accessible, which is the best thing that it can do. A hundred percent. And, um, you know, now that you are uh, working with some interesting people and you have a kind of a new thing coming up, I will say where I learned most about all the different platforms, because Descript has come out, uh, you know, and and I use that um, even with some other clients that I produce podcasts with and such. All of that came from my LinkedIn crowd, you know, that a lot of people are giving, you know, answers and different things like that. And of course, we're all connected there. What what are uh where can people find you and connect with you, Janet? Yeah, so LinkedIn, J O N A E D. I'm one of the few with my name. And mm-hmm. I think if you type in no degree and you type in people, like I'll pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter, I'm there, no degree D O T C O M. And then at TikTok, I'm there at no degree. And check out the No Degree podcast, right? Yes. At no degree.fm. I got accepted to the LinkedIn podcast network today so that i i made the group so i'm excited like the podcast is something i'm truly passionate about and i want to have like discussions like this like hey the future of ai and what to do as someone without a degree fantastic it's so much learning in these discussions and hopefully our listeners are taking some things out again janai thank you so much for being here for ally privet i'm peter hostrasser uh we'll catch you next time on disrupt education another great episode thank you for listening Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. 
If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com.